0: It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast. With interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, D. DeArmond. Welcome back to another edition of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. The last podcast without football. Uh, Missouri opens fall camp at 9 o'clock Friday morning. Mitchell Forty has returned from the... What's that area of the world called? The Pacific? Asia? Sure? I don't know. Yeah. That's it. Right. <laughs> He's <laughs> returned from like. Korea and Japan specifically for this podcast. Uh, so we appreciate that. Um, before we get into things, I uh, want to remind you, because it has been a week. Look, football's coming. The Broncos actually play the Falcons in preseason games tonight. So I'm sure you guys are all having a uh, party for that. Every time you want to watch a football game, order eight Shakespeare's pizzas or more, pay with one card, mention the podcast, you're going to get 15% off. I promise it works. I know people who have done it, so uh, we hope that you will be the next to do it. You can walk in, you can call, uh, you can order online, but I don't know if they have a place to enter the podcast. So you might want to call just to make sure you get the deal, uh, but would appreciate that. Did you guys get any uh, Shakespeare's delivered to, uh, I can't pronounce the name of the town you were in? Guangzhou. You know,
1: we did not. And I kind of, uh, I wish we had. I By the end of the, the trip, I, I definitely was thinking about
0: some Shakespeare's pizza. Yeah, I noticed good. your father mentioned some um, some dodgy food at times. Yeah,
1: it, there was some really good food and there was some really bad food. The, the the really bad food generally resulting from places without English menus when we just decided to point at things. What was the worst thing you
0: ate? Uh, well, Or do I, you even know what it was when you actually ate it?
1: I... I, the worst thing I ate was not nearly as bad. I'll go with the worst thing that was eaten by someone in our, our group. We we were, one day, we, we took a little day trip to the coast of Tokyo, you know, Tokyo, or of Japan. Tokyo's more on the bay. We went down to, to the actual ocean coast and uh, there was a bunch of little beach restaurants and, and not a lot else close by. We got hungry, we ate there. And my mom uh, just pointed at what appeared to be some chicken skewers, but it was, and I tried it. It was, it was not, not the parts chicken. of the chicken we eat. I think it was chicken. I just don't think it was like the parts that we are used to eating. Maybe like, I don't know, some tendons or like the neck or something. Uh, That was definitely the worst.
0: (laughs) That's a delicacy in some parts. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, we were definitely eager for some uh, some American food by the time that, that ended. It was a
0: fun trip, though. And excited, I'm sure, to get back uh, just in time for the first football practice. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. I mean, we've been. Uh, we we. I think. I think we're both kind of ready. You know, we, The off season's nice. Yes. It's real nice to have like whole periods of time where we don't ever leave the house. But by this point, uh, I'm I'm ready.
0: It, it, well, and we've reached the point like there is nothing more to preview. Yeah. Everybody is now writing the storylines to watch in camp, and they're all the same. Mm-hmm. We've talked about every position like. I don't know what else we can say about Missouri football before exactly. the first practice.
1: Yeah, and yeah. So, and then tomorrow the at least you know the content might be similar, but it'll be come from the players and not straight from us.
0: <laughs> exactly, and we get to talk to anybody we want to. So uh, that means maybe at least we won't all be writing the same stories every day. Mm-hmm. I did see a friend of mine who covers Notre Dame tweeted out that Notre Dame was opening a number of practices and wondered how they would ever win a football game this year because of that. <laughs> So we are obviously the enemy of the people uh, yeah. for the next month. Uh, but, hey, after telling you that we cannot possibly find any more ways to preview spring foot- or uh, Missouri football, we are going to actually uh, preview Missouri football. All right, with camp opening on Friday morning, we try not to bug him too often, but at least once or twice a year we like to have Mizzou football radio color commentator, color analyst, I guess a better term. Howard Richards joins us on the podcast. Howard, how you doing today, man?
2: I am doing well, Gabe and Mitchell. Always pleasure to talk to you guys.
0: I appreciate you uh, taking some time and just—I I, mean—camp opens tomorrow, so I guess it's—I uh, guess it's back at it. I mean, as a guy who played for so long, is this time of year still kind of hold some uh, hold some excitement for you?
2: It does. I think it, it was always something that you kind of look forward to until you actually <laughs> get a couple of days in Top three practices, like, it was in, two yeah. days, right? Like, ah, I can't wait to get this crap over with. Uh, and get, get started with the regular season. But I think it's always exciting. Um, and for the 2019 version of the Missouri Tiger football team, um, I, I think there are a lot of other reasons to be excited. A, you've got a, uh, a brand-new quarterback, you know, who's a, a guy that's coming in with a, uh, a high profile. You know, he's played in a national championship game. A um, guy that drew a lot of attention. So I think, you know, from a, if you're a fan of Missouri football, you certainly are, are looking forward to seeing what Kelly Bryan is going to be able to do uh, as he leads this, this Tiger offense uh, this season. Um, and, you know, this may be Barry Odom's best team um, since he's been head coach. Um, you know, everyone, all the, the young kids that uh, played a lot last year's freshmen all have a year of experience under their belts. Uh, Derek Dooley is entering his second year as the coordinator. Um, You know, all the new assistant coaches uh, have, again, another year to feel comfortable with uh, the players that they will be evaluating and they've evaluated since uh, the last spring and over the summer. Um, So I I think there are lots of reasons that um, uh, this team is going to be even more special than what we thought 2018 Tigers might be with uh, Drew Locke. Uh, going into his senior season. So for me, um, you know, I, I am very anxious to see, you know, how this team unfolds and uh, there's you know, they've got a lot at stake and uh, they've got a very favorable schedule, I think, as, as we all know. But uh, again, it all comes down to what you do on the field.
1: Well, Howard, you, you touched already on, you know, kind of the number one storyline that everyone's been talking about uh, since December and will continue to be the number one storyline throughout camp, which is Kelly Bryant and um, you know, obviously, you know, with with Missouri getting you know such a high profile quarterback and, and someone coming from Clemson having the experience he has, he's he's brought a lot of attention to the program. And he's got some some high expectations. You know, do you feel like kind of you know the expectations are are at a fair level for him right now, or do you feel like there's a chance that you know maybe the fan base uh, is is hyping him up to a point that that might be almost impossible to live up to?
2: You know, I don't think it's uh, unfair at all. I, I think it's you know, for, for a guy that can lead uh, a program like Camp Clemson to a national championship. Um, and, you know, he's had some pretty good numbers. Not eye-popping numbers, but, you know, he's been consistent. Uh, they make a whole lot of mistakes um, and, and can beat you with, with his legs as well. I, I think the expectations are just about right where they should be, especially um, if you look at, what Missouri has returning offensively, you know, experience in all the areas uh, that matter, you know, running back along the offensive line, three returning starters, you know, uh, a high profile tight end, uh, a backup tight end that uh, had a surprisingly good year last year. Uh, so they've got a lot of depth there, um, and a group of young receivers. Uh, you've, you've got a transfer that, you um, that's coming in that led his team, led Arkansas in receiving a couple of years ago. There are lots of reasons that everyone should have high expectations. So I think they are right where they should be.
0: Hey, you mentioned Derek Dooley a, a minute ago. And to me that it, offensively, which is not really where the question marks are with this team, but that's the most intriguing mm-hmm. thing. I mean, Dooley comes in and, and look, there was a lot of skepticism and a lot of people shook their heads at the hire, obviously a really good first year, But that was a year where he came into an offense that was, like, he didn't have to change much. So this is the first year we see Derek Dooley, I think, kind of with his, hey, this is Derek Dooley's plan. This is what he wants to do. He's got his guy that he recruited at quarterback. How much different do you think things look offensively? I mean, we expect him to be good, but I think to go about it in a different way.
2: Uh, I think it, this offense will look somewhat different, and, and I say um, how much different we just don't know. But I, I think the one difference that you will see is that you will see more true RPO uh, with the quarterback. <laughs> you know, really focusing on the R part, the, the running right. part. You know, he, we we know he's going to run the football. Uh, how and I, you got to think the guy's going to be pretty effective. Now, how much he has to run you know, depends on the other pieces in the offense, you know, will the receivers catch the football? Will uh, the running backs have, um, you know, really good numbers, you know, from yards per carry and and being able to get to the second level and break tackles and make guys miss. Um, So that depends. You don't want to run your quarterback. You don't want your quarterback to be a thousand yard rusher unless he's got a bunch of long runs. You know, that's one good thing. Now, um, but you still want your, you know, the, your running backs, that group, to take the, the, the load. But man, when you need to get tough yards, and uh, Brian is is a smart, savvy enough runner to know that, uh, you know, he can get those tough yards for you when he needs to. Um, then that's to me where uh, Dooley's uh, expertise will will make the difference. Here. You know, he came to Missouri, and then he inherited Drew Locke. Um, he was part of the recruiting process to get Kelly Bryant. So you have to think that, you know, Bryant being his number one target, getting his guy that uh, Bryant fits well into the scheme that he wants to utilize for Missouri. Uh, So I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, And and I think Derek is smart enough with um, his experience in college football and at the NFL level that uh, he knows what he's doing. You know, a lot of the naysayers before that, Start of 2018 season, I was not one of them. I was a very big Derek Dooley fan, and uh, I think we all kind of saw why. Um, and 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 that gives me more hope for 2019 with what he's going to do with with Bryant. I only only wish he had more years with him, but uh, we'll see what he can do with with one year. I got to feel that uh, they both are very confident in, in their abilities, and uh, you know we should see a lot of excitement offensively from Missouri.
1: Shifting over to the other side of the ball. You know, we had a a newsworthy development yesterday when uh, Missouri reinstated defensive end Trey Williams. He'd been indefinitely suspended uh, since December. Um, you know, first of all, just how important is that for Missouri to get another uh, proven player at defensive end, which is a position of need? And secondly, you know, for someone who's been through this before, how big of a factor do you think it is that, that Trey Williams is coming off of, you know, several months of not being able to work out with a team? And, and how long might it take for him to be able to kind of get back in, in the swing of things?
2: A lot of that's going to be up to Trey Williams. Um, you know, what has he done since the time that he was suspended? You know, not being able to work out with the team. Did he have the type of mental discipline to get in a gym someplace, uh, work on his strength and conditioning, and, and work on his skill set? You know, that again, that we don't know that. We won't know that until um, we see them line up against uh, Wyoming. Uh, and obviously before that, and we get a chance to see him in scrimmages. Um, I'd say we all got a he, – he got a break. Um you know, pleading guilty to only a, a misdemeanor. And I think that worked out favorably for all involved. Uh, so again, the rest is up to him. Uh, but, and, you know, speaking of Trey Williams, we all believe that d- the defensive end position is going to be uh, very pivotal for Missouri defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pass rush has to be stronger than it was last year. It's got to be more consistent. I think they're solid in the middle. Um, with uh, the guys that they have returning there, Jordan Elliott especially. The linebacking core is, is, will be solid. Uh, and the secondary is much improved. Two new starters at safety. Uh, then, of course, Christian Holmes and DeMarcus AC returning at the corners, two very experienced guys. that I, I certainly feel that they're going to have really strong years um, uh, defending against the, the league's wide receivers. So, yeah, um, pass rush is the key for uh, this team on defense.
0: I know it's – and you may have just answered it, but it's a chicken or the egg type thing. But what was a bigger issue last year defensively, the, the pass rush or the coverage?
2: Well, I think the, the coverage certainly depends on how good of a pass rush you get. Uh, there were times when it, it was better than others. But, you know, with AC and, and Holmes being a, a starter for part of the year, uh, towards the end of the season, you could see how – each week they progressed and were better cornerbacks. Your success at at a playing cornerback really depends on how much pressure you get up front. Uh, There's only so much you can do when you're on an Island out there. Uh, But I I think they both will perform even better. If Missouri gets a consistent pass rush, Uh, that's just a given. And we we know how football works. Uh, If you, if you can never get pressure in the quarterback and you've got a guy that's that's slinging the football around it with some measure of accuracy. Uh, any good defensive back is going to have uh, a difficult day. So if you've got you've got a combination where you're getting consistent pressure in the quarterback, and you've got two solid guys lining up uh, on the corners. Then uh, chances are you're going to have a pretty decent defense uh, as far as the pass pass defense is concerned.
1: Well, we, we touched on the uh, the past defense. Obviously, one of the other big concerns cutting out of last year was the special teams. Uh, you know, it's, it's no secret that, that those need to improve. But do you kind of have a sense as to how exactly a coaching staff goes about, you know, addressing the issues that, that Missouri had in that phase of the game last season?
2: My opinion about special teams is your success really depends on, A, how your how your teams are coordinated, but but more importantly, you've got to have guys that really understand what special teams are about, and guys that are hungry enough to go down and make plays every time you're in the special uh, special teams game plan. You know whether you're covering kicks, you know whether you're covering punts, whether you're returning punts. You got to have guys that, that have that take a lot of pride in what they do. Um, and that is, to me, what gets you over the edge. That's what beats teams when all things are considered. You got guys that are hungry and and know what it takes to run a kick back, uh, run a punt back, uh, really pin a team down, you know, deep inside their own territory when you're covering a kickoff. You know, those are the important factors. Guys have to be hungry and they have to really know and understand what special teams are about. If you don't have that. Then uh, it's going to be difficult. That said, I can't imagine Missouri will be any worse than they <laughs> were last year on special teams. Um, so, and, and I fully expect with with uh, that, that Andy Hill being the type of person that he is and the type of coach that's you know uh, full of pride with what he does that this team will be better in that area as well. Now, you, know, you got a question mark with um, with a. A punting situation understand Tucker McCann right now is looking at doing double duty as uh, both kicking off and, and uh, PATs uh, and field goals and punting, um, you know, how will that affect his, uh, you know, the, the, the conditioning of his leg, you know, will it wear him out? Will it affect, um, you know, how will he get, can kick the ball through the uprights? Will it, will it affect how much, uh, air he can get under his punts, and can he continue to pin guys deep into their own territory if he ends up doing both for the rest of the season? So uh, even if that's the case, the way it starts out, I would be surprised if there were no one being developed to be able to move right in. A, if he's not being consistent, he's not getting the job done, or um, if he just gets tired. Uh, so that's it's a long season for one guy to be able to do both. Not impossible. possible. Um, but I have to imagine uh, Missouri is certainly looking to identify uh, a player that certainly, especially from from the punting standpoint, that can, you know, be as effective as a guy like uh, Corey Fatoni who has moved on.
0: Talking with Howard Richards, the Mizzou football radio color analyst, and one more on on special teams for you, and then we'll move on to bigger picture stuff. But. It had occurred to me that what we often don't pay attention to in special teams, we talk so much about depth in college football, but everybody just thinks you got to have backups who are close to your starters and all that. When you watch NFL football, they only got 46 guys active on Sunday. So what that means is you've got starters who are playing on special teams. You've got guys who are out there all the time. At Alabama, Georgia, you've got – yeah, you might have some third stringers uh, on special teams, but those third stringers are four- and five-star kids. How big of a difference – and I, I'm wondering if maybe if, if things don't look better if a couple weeks into the season, Barry Odom just says, has to say, look, these third stringers, these walk-ons that we got on special teams, like – we got to start putting out some some maybe higher profile guys on special teams and just make them go 6 or 7 more plays per game. I mean, how big a difference do you think that is when when maybe some teams are playing third and fourth string guys that that don't get on the field on offense or defense and they're out there for special teams.
2: You know, it's an important point. Uh, and it's a great point and you mentioned how it's done in the National Football League and listen, if you're if you're a coach that winning is obviously the name of the game but you know if it's going to make a difference whether you get some inexperienced you know freshman or or redshirt freshman or whatever versus having an experienced guy that's played special teams in the past to me it's a no-brainer you put that experienced guy out there hey you want to monitor how much he's doing you know playing position wise uh and situational football on the field but if you really want your special teams to to play as well as they can, to me, I see nothing wrong at all with having a starter or at least a guy that is uh, a rotational guy uh, on your key special teams, especially in in the areas of, of uh, you know uh, punt coverage and punt return coverage, which really hasn't changed a whole lot. You know, we obviously we know the, the kickoff coverage team is uh, is different. If you got a guy that's got a strong leg putting the putting the, uh, the football into the end zone a lot, you're not going to get a lot of returns on that end. But, you know, running kicks back um, and certainly running punts back and punt coverage is where your best athletes need to be. So if it takes putting starters in there and, and your heavy rotational guys in there, then I'm all for that. And I can imagine that Barry Odom would not be for that as well.
1: So Howard, uh, you know, I, a lot of questions, you know, and stuff we talk about now, we probably won't get true answers to until Missouri lines up against an actual opponent. Uh, the first opponent being Wyoming, August thirty first. But th- there are certainly some things, you know, we get to to kind of learn as we talk to the players and watch practices during camp. What what maybe is is one thing that you are uh, kind of most looking forward to to get answered or to uh, to see develop uh, during the next four weeks?
2: Well, certainly, um, I, I look at a lot of line play, as you guys know. Um, and with the graduation of Paul Adams last year, Hiron White is, is slated to be the next starting right tackle. You know, he is a really good athlete, um, but he hasn't played a whole lot. So my biggest question is, you know, can he be, will he be um, a starter that just moves right in and, and plays effectively, you know, for the duration of the season? He's not a huge guy, you know, from the same point of girth. I mean, he's really tall. He's, he's got to be 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, he's got very long arms. So that bodes well from a, a length standpoint. But again, you know, will he play consistently? Uh, that remains to be seen. We, we know what the guy next to him is going to do, Trevor Wallace-Sims. We know what Yassir Durant and Tristan Castillo are going to do at the center position. You know, a guy right now, I think he's slated to start at left guard, Larry Borum. Uh, even though he hasn't played a lot in football, he's protected by the guard and the left tackle. So um, you can have a little bit more of an exposure or some weaknesses when you've got a guy that's playing inside there, and and he can catch up a lot faster when you got really good players playing around him. But uh, you know, to play uh, a, a relatively inexperienced guy at right tackle, you know, starting in this league is it's a question mark. So we just have to see. So I'm I'm really curious to see how how White does. Uh, I'll be watching him very closely early on. And again, you know, who's going to be in that, that that top four rotation as far as defensive ends are concerned? Can Trey Williams rebound? Will he be in the type of shape and be ready on August 31st when um, it all kicks off for Missouri? And he's got to understand, along with all the other guys that are that are there that, you know, this is an important position for us. We've got to be better than we were in 2018 as far as getting pressure, consistent pressure, um, you know, for 12 weeks on opposing quarterbacks. You know, if Missouri can do that defensively, they're going to have a decent defense. The other thing is, you know, several years back, it gets maybe through the, 2013, 2014 season, and maybe to the part of 2015. Missouri had a three plus year run of having a takeaway in every game. I think it extended to like maybe 43, 44 games or something like that. You know, turnovers, forcing turnovers is a great key to defensive success. And if this team, I know that's going to be their focus to really try to create more turnovers from a defensive standpoint. If they can do that, that adds to uh, the amount of success that they will have defensively. Um, those are my areas of concern. You know, special teams, uh, pass rush, and creating turnovers. I'm not worried about the offense. Maybe I should be. But, um, you know, it, it's always, you know, the the, the guys on defense. But I think with the experience that they do have, I think those guys are going to be relatively solid for Missouri when well, they get to the next level. It,
0: the elephant in the room with this team is obviously hanging out there we know they'll play 12 games and that's all we know at this point. So let's say mm-hmm. we're a couple of weeks into the season and let's say the NCAA upholds this thing says, you can't play mm-hmm. in a bowl game. Is there any way to predict how a team reacts to that? I mean, you know, is, is Barry Odom going to have to be worried? Let's say they come off a win against West Virginia and that, that next week, the NCAA says, no, you can't play in a bowl game. Is Barry Odom going to have to worry about his team going, man, there's really nothing out there. Or I tend to think, look, th- like, Kids are sitting out these games anyway, like the Gator Bowl. I think it's much more a thing fans talk about than players talk about. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, I I think especially the goal now, if you're Missouri, you got a taste of it uh, four or five years ago, six years ago now, playing in the SEC championship. That has to be your ultimate goal every year is to win your division and to be able to play. Because once you win that division, you're in the tournament, more than likely, given the nature of uh, the opponents that you play. So, you know, this is really important. And I worry about the same thing. I think my hope is that, if nothing else, the decision is rendered before the season starts. Because you would hate to get into the season, you're playing well, and boom, the balloon bursts, and then you get the bad news that you can't play. Mm -hmm. I worry about it down. And I'm sure Barry, he may not say that, but um, I'd be surprised if he isn't worried about that type of thing, too. It's just the type of thing that could derail a team that otherwise could be playing very well. Now you have nothing to play for other than pride. And I think a lot of these players are are prideful players. Um, They're just talking to the guys that I talked to in the spring. Uh, I think they're hungry, especially the the senior leadership. Um, But again, we just don't know how... Uh, what type of impact this NTA decision, um, you know, especially if it turns out unfavorable, how it will play out.
1: All right, Howard, last thing for you. Uh, you know, we, we touched on the schedule is, uh, is there for the taking. You know, Kelly Bryant coming in to play quarterback. There's some good returning pieces. The the hope around the program seems to be that this could be, a, you know, another step forward for, for Barry Odom who's taken steps forward in the record the past two seasons. Uh, I won't necessarily ask you to, to make a, a win prediction. You, you can if you'd like to, but uh, do you think it's fair to, to, to think, you know, that nine wins, nine plus wins is the goal for this season?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't make public predictions. Uh, I just I just don't make a, a habit of doing that. Um But I I would think, and I said this last year, you know, 89 wins was uh, easily, you know, it should be their goal. Uh, And to me, you know, if you took away uh, the South Carolina, the controversy there, if you took away what happened to Georgia, you took away what happened to Kentucky, you know, now you've got an 11-win team. Those are all winnable games for Missouri. Um, And with the, the favorable schedule this year and how it lines up, you know, to me, I think the same sort of uh, goal should be set for this team. But, uh, yeah, I'd say anything fewer than nine wins would be a disappointment. Uh, certainly to the team itself, I believe they feel that they are positioned to um, to do at least that well, uh, improve upon their win total from a year ago. Um, and, and, yeah, looking at the schedule, Missouri, by the time they – I know a lot of people have said this, and I just kind of believe it. You know, by the time they get to Georgia, they could be 8-0. Maybe they should be 8-0. If they're playing to uh, the capability and, and all the things we've just talked about kind of fall into place, um, then that could be a key matchup in the SEC in the middle of October. Um, but again, this is this is a week-by-week thing. And you know, not having a lot of players that have – uh, on this team that have been at that level just yet, um, it's not a guarantee. So, and just like and Barry says this all the time, we got to play, we got to worry about the, the game that we're in and the next game. We can't worry about beyond that. We got to play our best football from quarter to quarter, series by series. And, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. You can't look too far ahead, uh, focus on what you can focus on right now. Uh, and do your best, play your best, like every play is the last one, like it's the one that's going to spring a runner for a touchdown. Or as a defensive player, you got to, or a special teams player, you got to figure out if I don't make this tackle, the guy's going to reel off a a big run and score. So you've got to have that mentality every time the ball is snapped on on defense, especially you're going to be the guy that's going to make that play. Uh, If they do that, listen, this is going to be a successful year for this team. How successful? No one knows. And, and the success also lies, you know, with the NCAA. So that's the unknown, and that's the thing that none of us can do anything about until we hear what the, the ultimate decision will be.
0: Well, Howard, I know a lot of people will be tuned in 30 days from now to listen to you, uh, you guys from Laramie, Wyoming. So the only thing I really wanted to know is – like, do you spend the off season going out to dinner with Mike Kelly every Friday night to get ready? Or do you guys just need, like, an eight-month detox because you spend so much time during the season together?
2: <laughs> well, you know, Mike and I are friends, you know, away from football. Um, you know, he's, he is, he's always busy. So, I, we try to give him a little time to recover after <laughs> basketball season. But, yeah. you know, we talk weekly. Uh, I talked to him yesterday um so we will try to grab lunch you know throughout the season you know dinner occasionally uh even in spite of how much time we spend during the week with each other Mm -hmm. you know we like each other and that makes it healthy for you know for our broadcast we all get along well with chris and you know our our engineer mad wine our producer scotty cox it's truly a team atmosphere we all like each other a lot so that helps um that said i think you know and your know, Mike can be a little bit of a sourpuss at times, but uh, <laughs> I think he's I think he's looking forward to uh, what this year will bring, yeah. just like the rest of our broadcast crew. All right,
0: well, Howard, really appreciate the time, and we'll uh, we'll probably see you out of practice at some point in the next few weeks.
2: Absolutely, guys. You know, anytime you need me, give me a holler. All
0: right, thanks, Howard. It. Howard Richards, the uh, color analyst on the Mizzou football radio broadcasts. Uh, I want to say this is his fourth year doing it. it. Might be his fifth year. I don't know. I I kind of lost track. But uh, I mean, there you go. At least it's a different voice. But like everybody is, they're all this. We all know what this team has to improve. Now we just find out if they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's it's the same question marks. Special teams, uh, pass rush. You know, pass defense, and then how Kelly Bryant will look. Those are all the big, big question marks. And uh, really, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get it. Like you said, we'll we'll get start to get a clue during camp, but. The real answers are going to start to come when uh, Missouri lines up against an actual and, another football team. Right,
0: and and really, hopefully for Missouri fans, the real answers start to come September 7th because yeah. I don't think you'll like the <laughs> answers if they come on August 31st in Wyoming. Um, the uh, Before we move on real quick, the, the whole NCAA thing, it did kind of come up again today because the coaches poll was released, and I looked at it, and I wasn't sure if Missouri would be in it. I thought they would, but I wasn't sure. And then they weren't, and I thought, well, that's not shocking. So I started going through the teams receiving votes, and I'm like, hang on. Missouri didn't even receive a single vote. Well, they weren't allowed to, which we didn't know before that came out. It doesn't really make much sense. It also doesn't really make much difference because the coaches' poll has no impact on
1: anything. Right, absolutely. You know, pretty much everyone cites the AP poll until the college playoff rankings come out. So those seem to be the two slightly more prominent polls. I guess, you know— the only person really who could be effective is Barry, affected is Barry Odom because he has a clause in this contract saying uh, Missouri he gets a bonus every time every week Missouri is right. ranked in one of the three polls. So I guess if like you know it, there was a scenario where they were just outside the other two and he would have made it in the coaches, but. Right, we, we won't know. So the uh,
0: it, the interesting thing will be if they're allowed to be ranked in the college football playoff poll, and yeah. none of us really know that. Right. Know, we can't. Yeah. I, I asked somebody at Missouri, and they aren't sure. Yeah, and, and, I, and we won't. Now you I mean, would hope to have a resolution by then, but right. let's say the resolution's bad. What if you are seven and one going to Georgia, and like you're just not ranked? I yeah. mean. It, it it sounds dumb, but having that number next to your name on the ticker and everything, it does matter.
1: It does, yeah. You you get, you know, the top twenty five scores shown on the on the bottom line there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For one, the college football playoff rankings don't start until about halfway through the season. I think so it's you, like so October like you said, 16th, it, there's a good yeah. chance that we'll know the answer uh to their postseason fate by then. Two God th- help us all if yeah, we don't. Yeah. Two that is the that is kind of the only poll I would see is making any sense where they wouldn't be allowed to be in it because the kind of the because purpose is it. to set the college football playoff you know rankings or the, and, the four teams in that. And the last um, thing they'd
0: want but, is number four not being allowed in the national semifinal is one versus five.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, again, hopefully we'll have some clarity by then. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter too, too much. Uh, obviously, if, if they weren't allowed to be in any of the polls, you know, you, you do lose that little bit of notoriety. And, and once the college football playoff rankings are kind of the ones that are adopted by ESPN, I guess it makes a difference. But uh, by then, we should have some more clarity.
0: want to remind you, speaking of clarity, if you're clear thinking you are ordering pizza every night, you're doing it from Shakespeare's. Again, eight or more pizzas, you get a 15% discount just by mentioning the Powermazoo.com podcast, so make sure to do that when you call in, when you walk in, whatever. Get your pizza. And I did not ask for a suggestion this week on what category we could look like idiots talking about because I had one in mind. With the start of college football season, not really tomorrow, but kind of tomorrow, I thought this might actually be something we can do But we're going to find out and probably end up feeling awful about it. So I thought we would try to name as many college football national champions as we can. However, the caveat here is you have to have the year. You can't just say Alabama won a national title. Everybody knows one. You've got to be able to have the year. We have done no research. Mitchell found out we were doing this 32 minutes ago. So I'm going to let you start. I I, I have a feeling you are going to start recent, and I'm going to try to go – back a little bit and maybe okay. we'll meet in the middle
1: yeah i tend to
0: do better when i and, work
1: my way backwards yeah so and one
0: s- quick thing this is like we're gonna say this season so last year's national champion was the 2018, 2018. Yeah, champion yeah, 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 yeah. even though the game was played in 2019
1: yeah i see i'm gonna mess up the year on a lot of these but i'll, yeah. I'll start with with clemson in 2018 so yeah. there you go
0: yeah there you go i i'm gonna go back to uh notre dame in
1: 1988
0: yeah i will i'll then go go ahead and go
1: right to uh, Alabama in 2017. And can I just go ahead and also go with Clemson in 2016 and Alabama in 2015? Because you can't. Is that the order it I, went in? I'm pretty sure they've okay. turned it off. Yeah, I, I could yeah, have. I think you're right. I could have. I'm pretty sure it went it went Bama, Clemson, Bama, Clemson. Yeah, because yeah. Deshaun Watson won his yeah. senior year, yeah. and he's yeah.
0: uh, that's right. So all right, so you just knocked out three. So I'm gonna go back uh, in 05 and 06. Florida won both of those. Yep. So I'll go with those. And then uh, my third one there would be 2007, I know LSU won it because yep. that was the year that, that Missouri was in the conversation.
1: Yep, yep. Okay, so I think actually – I think I, I went back to – what did they go to, 2015? I think Bama won in 2014 as well. I think they won two in a row. That's usually a good guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: in, in 2013, it was uh, – I, 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 I know this one, I I think. know Auburn played in the game. Yeah. I can't remember who – They They lost, lost too. So instead of that, I'm going to go way back to Miami 1984 beating Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. No, you you helped me out there. Yeah, Auburn lost to
1: Florida State, famous Jameis in uh, 2013.
0: That's right. I I think the worst era for the national title in 1990, Colorado split it with Georgia Tech. Colorado (laughs) on the fifth down game, Georgia Tech on I don't know how.
1: The triple option. Did they still do that back then? I just assume they always have.
0: Yeah, I don't really know yeah that's a good
1: question i don't know now see now i'm starting to get to the point where i can tell you teams but i don't know i'm a little fuzzy on the years like yeah, i know there's I, a bunch of years there's quite a few more that alabama's won right um let's see auburn did I, win one with cam newton and i think 2010 okay that's, that was gonna be my guess i was gonna say 2010 yeah
0: uh i can go 2002 ohio state i know i'm pretty sure 86 was penn state they beat miami uh, ninety one was Miami and Washington split them. Uh, 92, 94, 95, Nebraska. Uh huh. Um, somebody else won one in ninety three. Michigan. I know Tennessee won one in ninety nine because right. they won after Peyton left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oklahoma won in two thousand with Josh Heupel. Yeah, I, I'm on a good run. You here. are doing really well. Yeah, very yeah. well.
1: Um, hmm. I bu- I want to
0: say i could be wrong on this i want to go back
1: oh well actually i messed this up earlier i said i assumed alabama won in 2014 before 2015 but ohio state won in 2014 that's right i'm remembering Ezekiel that Allen. now yeah 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 so
0: and uh did when texas beat usc i believe they won that that was in 2005, the Rose Bowl, I 2005 i two thousand five. Yeah. yeah so florida was, was 06 oh so, i don't know we're now getting crossed up
1: yeah See, this, this is why because people refer it to like, the—I know people refer to that when it's the 2005 they, Rose Bowl, but I don't know if it happened at the end of the 2005 season or on New Year's Day 2005 at the end of the 2004 season. Right.
0: I've I've got to mention, and I'm going to screw up the year, but the best college football national champion ever was BYU, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and, at least in the modern era. Like, we could go back to, like, 1945 Army, yeah. but I don't really count that. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: I think I've, I've I've definitely, I think, run out of— Year winners. I, I could mean, name I, some more yeah. schools that have won it, obviously, but I, I think I've. I
0: feel like that was a that solid was very effort. good. Yeah, I was impressed with us. Uh, yeah. People are getting bored listening to it. Probably. So, look, practice number one, nine o'clock tomorrow morning. They do practice at nine a.m. each of the next four days, I believe. Then they're either off or we don't get to go on Tuesday. One mm-hmm. of the two. But um, we will have a photographer at a lot of practices. At least one of us will be at every practice. We will have at least two or three stories every day for you pretty much going forward to game week uh i guess that'll be august 26th uh, is the monday of game week and uh pretty soon man we get to uh get on an airplane and then walk from cheyenne <laughs> to laramie because we can't rent a car on friday night in cheyenne
1: yeah that's that's a, f- a problem for the future we'll figure that one out you i know. mean it's
0: august 1st it's officially time for me to stress out about not having a car in Wyoming.
1: yeah well yeah now it's time for us to to start working hard so yeah. We'll do that.
0: Off-season is over, so uh, we're back. And uh, whether that makes you guys happy or not, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you don't really have a choice. But if you are listening to this and you do not subscribe, want to mention, please go to the site. It's plastered a few places. It's on our Twitter feeds. It's on our Facebook page. Right now, if you don't subscribe, if you – if you subscribe for a year, you're going to get 25% off that. So we're giving you a whole year for less than $75. And plus then Adidas is thrown in a $75 gift card for you to go spend. So basically, you are getting a year of Power Mizzou for free. It's the best deal we're going to offer you this year. I promise you that because if they try to offer a better deal, they're going to start costing me money, and that upsets me. So uh, best deal of the year, go take advantage of it. August is is the best time of year to subscribe. Camp is open. We could talk to anybody we want. So, thirty days from today, we've got football games. Until then, we are going to write stories on like pretty much everybody who wears the Missouri uniform. I yeah, think.
1: pretty much. If if the coach says a good word about you and in, in the scrum, <laughs> you're getting a
0: story. That's right. All right. So, thanks for listening. We will be back next week and have actual uh, stretch lines to break down on the podcast.